0: Good morning. Welcome uh, to Encounter Church. My name is Chris Calsey. And, man, I could have just kept kind of standing over there for a little bit longer because um, that was good. And it's even better right over here. Uh, you can feel those drums even more. Um, so I, I love that line, "The uh, you're the only one who can. Uh, that Just the, the heartbeat of that you've stepped into a space this morning um, that whether or not you're sure you believe it yet or not, um, but that you've stepped into a space that believes that hope is alive and that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And that is the God of the mountains, and he's the God of the valleys, and he's the God of the everyday. He's the God of the extraordinary, and he's the God of I don't know, and he's the God of every single thing that I do know, and he's every single place that we'll ever step into. And it's just that reminder, and I hope you felt that even as we've been singing this morning. And um, that heartbeat of he's the only one, that he's the hope of the world, kind of guides how we do things here. Um, We were joking earlier, uh, one of our team members was like, people call you Chris. They don't call you like Pastor Chris. Are you okay with that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with that. And he was like, well, I didn't know, like, are you a pastor? And I was like, you know, I'm like... Well, if you want to get super technical, you can start calling me the Reverend Dr. Causey because that's technically what I have. I'm also a reverend and I have a doctorate. So the Reverend Doctor, if that makes you feel better, and we kind of was like, please actually don't ever do that. I only make my children do that. And so you're not my kid, and I'm joking. I don't actually make my kids do that. That would be really weird. Um... The only thing that's weirder is sometimes when people walk up to me and they call me Father Chris, in which I'm like, you don't have papers. I'm not your father. My kids are the only people who are allowed to call me father. And so understand the respect, but that's not who I am to you. So um, because at the heart of this church, we do really really believe that Jesus is the hope of the world and that following him transforms your life It makes you better at life and it makes your life better, even in the midst of the moments that are bitter. And because of that, um, I believe kind of and how I structure a teaching calendar through the year, that I shouldn't be the only person that you hear from. Um, I'm not a cult leader. I, I don't have the monopoly on truth or insight or thoughtful kind of biblical teaching. And so every year in the month of July, when I know that um, kind of life is up in the air for so many of us and <clears throat> will drop attendance-wise because people are traveling all around, that gives me a chance to focus on the fall, And then I try to kind of say, who would be really good for us to learn from, hear from? And um, this year, we were processing through that. This idea of the paper wall came to mind, um, that this idea that there's oftentimes some of the biggest things in life that are holding us back aren't the external environmental factors. It's not what's happening in Wall Street. It's not what is happening in some other street. It's what's happening in our street in our own lives. And that oftentimes, we're the biggest hindrance that we've chosen to believe things or act on certain things or fall into kind of habits. And, um, earlier this year, um, Andy Stanley did this series called paper walls. And through this month of July, Dallas Darnell, who oversees our student ministry, um, and Andy Stanley via video have been tag teaming this series. That's been really helpful. And today we're going to continue that by hearing from Andy and, um, leaning into one of the biggest barriers that oftentimes prevents us from breaking through. And so I'm super excited for what you're going to hear from him and this teaching this morning, what you're going to hear from Dallas next week when he kind of brings the series to a close and gets super practical. Um, And so thank you for being here today. I think you're going to be encouraged and inspired as we all collectively get to learn from what God has said in his word to help us impact in the way we live our lives. So let's jump in.
1: The answer to this, I don't. I don't know. um, I I should say, I'm not sure when it is that we begin um, lying to ourselves. Um, I, I think it's probably earlier than we imagine. And again, some of you may know the answer to this. I don't know when we stop lying to ourselves. It may coincide with our breathing. You know, it's like when we stop breathing, we finally stop lying to ourselves. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't take long. I mean, by the time you're in middle school or high school, you we get pretty good at catching other people when they're lying. Um, but we're not so good at catching ourselves when we're lying, not lying to other people. We're not so good at catching ourselves lying when we're lying to ourselves. Now. Lying to others, and please don't misunderstand this, lying to others is somewhat understandable. It's not excusable, but at least it's understandable because you you know, people suddenly they just tell a lie to get out of a pinch or to you know save their self-esteem or their reputation. And 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 there's sometimes it seems like there's some short-term short-term gain by lying. There's not long-term gain, generally speaking, and so you know, lying is inexcusable, but but at least it's understandable. But lying to ourselves. Lying, lying to ourselves, um, it, 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 ourselves kind of makes me believe in total depravity because it's totally ridiculous and it's confusing. Lying to ourselves, I mean, I, how many selves t- do we have? I mean, who's lying to who, right? Now, if you're listening to this thinking, well, Andy, I don't lie to myself. Perhaps you just did, okay? So that's that's the point, is like, I know. And the reason you did and you don't know about it is because you're really, really good at it, and we're all really good at it. And one of the reasons we're so good at deceiving ourselves, which is another way of saying lying to ourselves, one of the reasons we're so good at deceiving ourselves is we don't call the lies that we tell ourselves lies. We we call them something else. We, we dignify them, right? We call them reasons. We have reasons, which is reasonable. And we want to be reasonable because we don't want to be unreasonable because, you work with somebody who's unreasonable, and perhaps you know, have some friends who, you know, you, say, you don't want to be unreasonable. So when we decide to do something we know we shouldn't do, or something that we know there's probably another reason we're not doing, another reason we're actually doing it, instead of, you know, we, instead of throwing our hands up in the air and say I don't know why I did this, we, we come up with reasons. Um, the, reason, the reason I was late to work is, it was traffic, it was traffic. Now, I did get up a little late, and I did piddle around, and I went down to, you know, Twitter rabbit hole, then I went down the Instagram rabbit hole, and then I looked up and oh my goodness! And but, but really the reason I'm late is traffic. I'm just going to stick with traffic because traffic is reasonable. Then I get to. You know, I get to work late, and I say, "Yeah, school traffic." You know, the schools are back. They're like they've been back for months. I know, but in my area, I think the schools. I, so we, we so we come up with reasons, and then we believe these, right? Um, the reason, right? The reason that you don't that you don't eat better. I mean, you have a reason, and you t- you have a reason in your mind why you don't eat better, why you don't exercise more. You have a reason why you blow up when when somebody says certain things, or she says certain things, or he says certain things. You lose your temper, or you just kind of go all inside and kind of go nuclear, quiet. Like, what's wrong? Nothing. What's wrong? nothing, what's wrong, nothing? Why do you do that? Well you you have a you have a reason. You have a reason why you're leaving. You have a reason for why you're staying. Um, I'll just let you fill in a blank. The the reason I too much don't elbow anybody or say that loud but the reason you do and if I were to ask you why do you so much you you have a reason. But the reason you would give me and more importantly to our conversation today the reason you give yourself may not actually be The reason, because the actual reason that you too much may be a secret, (laughs) this is the crazy part, a secret that you're keeping from yourself. I know, to keep you from having to face the truth about yourself. It, It really is crazy and we all do it. Instead of telling ourselves the truth, we just make up stuff. And that's what we've been talking about. We manufacture or we make up or we create excuses. And we disguise our excuses as reasons because we want to be reasonable. So maybe, just maybe, here's where we're going today. Maybe we should call it not like it is. Maybe we should call it like others see it because I hate to break it to you. The people around you and the people who know you, they know when you're lying, they know when you have lied to yourself and bought your own reason and made it, your own excuse and turned it into a reason. They know when you're manufacturing excuses, and the reason I know that they know is because you know when the people around you are doing it as well. And we think nobody's catching on to our excuses that we've disguised as reasons. They see our reasons for what they really are: excuses, paper walls. So today we're in the third part of our series, paper walls, moving beyond the excuses that hold you back, moving beyond the excuses that hold you back. Um, There are things we said that we should carry forward season to season in life, things we should carry forward year to year, good habits, good friends, but there are things that we should definitely leave behind. And this entire series is about one of those things that we should all leave behind, namely our excuses. Um, Excuses, as we said, are like paper walls. From a distance, they look impenetrable. From a distance, they look like they're actual obstacles. For a, from a distance it looks like, hey, the reason I can't move forward, the reason I can't stop, the reason I don't start, the reason I don't go back, the reason, the reason, the reason. Well, the reason is it's this. But as we get closer and as we get honest, not with the people around us, as we get honest with ourselves, we realize that many, many, many of our reasons aren't really reasons. They're just excuses. They're just paper walls. And they're paper walls that are holding us back. And then over time, as we've said, our excuses, and this is when you know that you got work to do because you hear yourself. Our excuses, they become our because These are the becauses that we retreat to when somebody confronts us. The because that we run to and hide behind when somebody brings it up. You know, why don't you? Well, because... Well, why haven't you? Well, because. Why do you always? Because. When she shows up, why do you? Because. When he shows up, why do you? Because. When those kind of, why why do you keep on doing that? Because. Why don't you start? Why don't you go back and finish? Because, because. Why don't you just forgive her? Because. Why don't you forgive him? Because. Why don't you just talk to them? Because. We always have a because. But this is the, come on, this is the truth. This isn't a religious thing. Regardless of what you think about God or religion, come on, this is is a human thing. Sometimes our because isn't the cause. Our because is just an excuse masquerading as a cause. And we all do this. In fact, probably all of us have some of those that we're carrying around right now. So, in this series, here's what we're asking. We're asking a big question, and we have, you know, we're approaching it from, you know, sort of a a Christian perspective and then just a kind of a common sense perspective. So, just in general, here's the question we're asking Is it possible, that is, would you be open to exploring? Is it possible that you are missing out in life because you've walled yourself in? Is it possible that you are living behind a paper wall or paper walls that you have, you explained and you've bought into personally and you've lied to yourself, you believe these really are actual obstacles that you can't move beyond, but they are walling you in and they are keeping other things and other people out, opportunities out, relationships out, better relationships out, your physical health out. Is it possible, is it possible, is it possible that you're hiding behind something? self-imposed, lie-infested excuses. And they're, they're constructed of all kinds of things. They're constructed sometimes of things people have said about us to us, things that people have called us when we were younger, the things that people have branded us. Is it possible, and here's the big one, is it possible that you've invented, that's what a, you know, an excuse is. We say, why are you making excuses? Why are you creating or inventing excuses? Is it possible that you have invented a reason that's not a reason. Is it possible that you have invented an excuse for why you behave a certain way? Why you react the way you react? Why you overact react the way you overreact? And when you're confronted, or when people give you that look, or when you find yourself getting all wound up again or going back into that dark cave again, and you just you immediately defend it with your list of causes. Is it possible that some of those reasons aren't the reason there's something else going on. Because if there's something else going on, there's something else on the other side of this that you are missing out on. And the real dilemma, or not the dilemma, the real, the real problem, the thing that should really bother us is that over time, a single excuse can actually become a king in our life. A single excuse can become a tyrant. A single excuse can, can become the boss of you. And because our lives are not as compartmentalized as we think. Okay, excuse, excusing one area of one health or excusing unhealth in one area of life often creates unhealth in other areas of life, that everything is fluid, it all flows together. You can't compartmentalize an excuse and think, well, this is gonna only affect this one arena of my life. Life isn't that way. You, life isn't, as, you're not as compartmentalized a, as you think. Excusing your overreaction, like when you blow up or lose your temper, you're like, well, the reason I lose my temper, the reason I lose my temper, the it's impacting your relationship." right? It's not just one area. Excusing or making excuses financially or making excuses in terms of taking care of your health. It impacts your credibility. People hear you making excuses about your health or making excuses about your finances, and they draw conclusions about you. Your kids draw conclusions about you. Your kids know when you're just making up reasons and trying to hide behind them. So it all flows together. So here's the problem. There, there is perhaps in your life a single excuse that you have lived, a wall you've lived behind for so long, a single excuse you've made for so long, I mean, you just go there, you're because they just flow and you've convinced yourself and it is, it is impacting your entire life and it is keeping you from moving forward relationally, forward spiritually, forward in terms of just personal growth, forward financially. I don't know what it is. Is it possible, is it possible that there's something that you've turned in to a reason that's actually just an excuse. And this is why we're talking about it in church. Because as we said in the first two sessions, the first two episodes of this series, if. There is a relationship, and this is, this is huge. And if, if you're not a, a Christian person, this isn't for you, but just listen, this may explain your past dealings with people who are Christians or people who are church people. There is actually a relationship between our excuses and our not our willingness. There is a relationship between our excuses and our ability to follow Jesus because the, an excuse can't be the king of your life and Jesus be the king of your life. An excuse can't be the Lord of your life. You know, ex- excuses talk to us. Excuses say, you can't go there. You can't talk to her. You can't forgive her. You can't forgive him. You can't, you should, you shouldn't. You can't, you should, you shouldn't. Meanwhile, Jesus has invited you to follow him. And Jesus has come to be the king of your life, the king that reverses things, the king that came to reverse the order of things. And he's invited you to follow. And you can't, I can't, we can't follow our excuses, make excuses Lord of our life and follow Jesus at the same time. And here's what's so cool. This is what we're gonna do today for a few minutes. When you follow Jesus through the gospels, and I mean, when you sit down and follow Jesus through Matthew, follow Jesus through Mark or Luke or John, when you follow Jesus through the gospels, do you know what you discover him doing? there's There's all these narratives, there's all these conversations. You find Jesus bringing light into dark places. He was constantly leading people out of darkness, their personal darkness, into light. But the problem is, as we're gonna discover today as well, light can be terrifying. Light can be frightening. Light shown in our dark places can be threatening. It can be embarrassing. It's, it's, that, it's that moment when you realize, okay, I really am afraid. This whole time, I've, I've had all these excuses for why I won't, why I should and couldn't and wouldn't and wouldn't start. The truth is, I'm afraid. The truth is, I'm just really insecure. The truth is, I'm terrified of what I might feel if I chose to move through and move past the excuses I've been giving for years. Light can be terrifying, but light can be liberating. Just ask your AA friends or your NA friends. Lies, especially the ones that we tell ourselves, those lies will always, always hold you back. They hold us back because... They leave us in the dark. And let me tell you how you can know for sure this is true because you see it in other people all the time. Isn't it true that you watch people at work, you watch people at home, maybe you're watching your kids right now in a difficult season, or maybe your husband and your wife, and here's what what you think but you're afraid to say. Can't you see what you're doing to our marriage? Can't you see what your behavior is doing to your relationship with your son or your daughter? Can't you see what you're doing to your health? Can't you see what you're doing to your finances? Can't you see what you're doing to your academic career? Can't you see what you're doing to your reputation? That's the word we actually use in our mind. And then when we talk about them to other people, they just can't see it. They just can't see it. They just can't see it. It's like they're wandering around in the darkness. And if you have the opportunity or the courage or the relationship to sit down with them and say, hey, I," I don't, I, you know, maybe this is none of my business, but I, I wish you could see what you're doing to your husband. I wish you could see what you're doing to the people at work. I wish you could see how your behavior is, is you know, co- what your behavior is causing with your kids. I wish you could see it. And if you've ever had those conversations, they can't see it. Because they immediately run to their, well, the reason, the reason, the reason, the reason. And you know, those aren't reasons. Those are excuses. But here's the thing. It'd be fun to talk about them the rest of the time. What's true of them? It's true of me. It's true of you. I can't see it. You can't see it. Other people see it about me and other people see it about you. And this is why when you follow Jesus through the gospels, he presents us with an invitation we're gonna get to in a minute that is so powerful. It's life changing. When you hear people, Christians talk about, oh, it changed my life, this is what they're talking about. In fact, when you, if you think Jesus changed your life, this is what you talk about. So lies will hold you back. But truth, flip side, is truth sets you free. And how amazing, this is amazing, how amazing is it, how amazing is it that 2,000 years ago, this is the very point that we discover Jesus making. And he makes this very point right after he makes this, I don't know, kind of over the top statement about himself. Here's, here's where the conversation begins. Jesus is teaching, John's you know, writing all this stuff down. Here's what Jesus says. This is so over the top. I am the light of the world. Who would say that? I mean, who says things like this? I am the light of the world. No wonder people just kind of smirked and shook their head and walk off. You're the light of the world, right? But before we write him off, what if that's true? What, what if Jesus, think about it. What if Jesus really came to lead the people of this world and every generation, including you, including me? What if Jesus really came to lead us out of darkness into light? What, what if he really came to light up your excuses and expose them? for what they truly are so that you can become everything God has called you to be, everything he knows you can be so you can reach your full potential so you can get to the other side of this instead of living shut down and bogged down in the things that you've told yourself. What if it's true? What if Jesus really is the light of the world? And then he says this, whoever follows me. Now, in our churches, we use this terminology all the time. A few years ago, we changed our whole mission statement to make sure we are, this is front and center, that our mission is to inspire people to follow Jesus. And the reason is this, because Jesus has invited people not to be, just believe in him or believe things about him, but to follow. Or to say it another way, Jesus doesn't need any more admirers Everybody admires Jesus, but admiring Jesus will make no difference in your life. More importantly, admiring Jesus will make no difference in the world, no difference in the community, no difference in your relationships. Believing in Jesus will make no difference in the world and no difference in your relationships. Believing things about Jesus, and this is why he's so direct. He says, I want you to follow me. And because of the invitation, we can almost guess what he says next. I mean, if he's the light of the world and he invites us to follow, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have with them always the lamp or the light of life. Jesus saying, look, I want to light up the dark places. I wanna lead you through your paper walls. I wanna expose the things that are keeping you back from fully engaging with your family, fully engaging with your potential, fully engaging or overcoming your fears and your insecurities. But for that to happen, it's not enough to sing songs about me. It's not enough to admire me. It's not enough to believe in me. It's not enough to, you know, in some intangible conceptual way, I trust you. He says, you gotta follow me because I'm taking you somewhere. And it was the men and women who followed Jesus that turned the world upside down. It was the men and women who followed Jesus, not just admired Jesus, who would shape Western civilization. Now, when he said this, his first century audience, you know, there's all kinds of people there, and there's always religious leaders taking notes, trying to trap Jesus. And John tells us that when he said this, the Pharisees challenged him, and they said, ah, You know, just write him off. Here you are, because, you know, here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. You're claiming things about yourself, and you can't claim things about yourself. There's no way to prove that. You're not the light of the world. Folks, this guy is crazy. But the crowd didn't leave because they suspected something about Jesus. Later in that same conversation, he says this. This is so powerful. He says, if you hold to my teaching... This is conditional. What's gonna follow, it's a conditional clause. If you remain in my teaching, if you focus on embrace, if you organize your life around my teaching, if you will do what I am teaching you to do, then and only then you are really my disciples or my learners or my followers. And if you will do what I ask you to do, and if you will embrace what I've asked you to embrace, if you will follow my teaching, That means you're my follower. And then, and only then, then you'll know the truth. Then you'll recognize what's true. Then you'll quit making excuses. Then you'll quit rationalizing. Then you'll quit resisting. Then you'll receive. And when you know the truth, when you have that aha moment, when you have that, oh my goodness, My whole life, I have been hiding behind these becauses. And they're not even real reasons. They're just just paper walls. He says, in that moment, if you'll follow me and you become my disciple, you're gonna know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It'll set you free to, ready for this? To see, to see. To see yourself the way God sees you. To see your potential the way God sees your potential. To see your family the way that God sees your family. To see God the way that God really is. Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus would say, I love this verse, Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the pure in heart. That is the people that have gotten rid of all the darkness, gotten rid of all the deceit. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, ready for this, they shall, there it is again, they shall see God. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, and I'm not in some just big, intangible, ethereal way. I wanna be the light of your world. This is why we know it It was personal. He said, because I'm the light of the world, but the only people who benefit, the only people who are able to take advantage of my light is not the people who've heard me speak or the people who admire me. It's the people that make the decision to follow me. And if you follow me, you will discover the truth and the truth will set you free. And you will begin to see your paper walls for exactly what they are. And do you know how his audience then responds to this amazing statement? They begin making excuses. It's unbelievable. Here's what the Pharisees and the teachers of the law say because they're trying to make sure the people don't follow Jesus. They answered him, what? Be free, you're gonna set us free? We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say, we shall be set free? You can't set us free with it. There's nothing to set us free from. Now this is ridiculous, okay? When they say this, they currently in that moment had a Roman governor, Roman governor. Who's your governor? Pilate, okay, but you don't think you're slaves? No, we're not slaves. Before the Romans, it's the Seleucids, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the uh, Egyptians. It goes on and on and on. In fact, this is kind of a fun fact. Um, Deuteronomy is a speech basically that Moses gave to the people right before he died, before they went into the Promised Land. And the, the, the Torah, the Torah, the law of the Torah was way, way, way ahead of its time. I mean, way, we look back anachronistically and kind of make fun of some of the stuff in the Old Testament. Listen, the, the, the God's law to the Jewish people, ancient Jewish people, it was so far ahead of its time. And one of the stipulations which makes this statement they make so ridiculous, Moses told the people on God's behalf, he said, look, when it comes to how you treat your slaves, treat your slaves kindly, I'm paraphrasing, because remember, you were once slaves yourself in Egypt. So the whole idea of, of these people say, oh, we've never been slaves to anyone, it's just so ridiculous. And it's easy to criticize. But we are often equally it's guilty. I mean, when I come along and say, you're a slave to your excuses, you're a prisoner to your, your excuses, you are walled in. You sit here and you think, not me, not me, not me. If somebody implies that, you know, this is true of you. I mean, we all just want to fold our arms and we eventually we just start making excuses. And we're tempted to say what they say. So let me, you know, if we were sitting here, here's here's how we would say, it. I won't oh no, Jesus, I've never been a slave of anyone or anything. That's how we feel. I've never been a slave of anyone. I've never been a slave of anything. Jesus, what do you mean you're going to set me free? Set me free from what? And I think Jesus would respond to me and to you the same way he responded to his original audience when they said, Oh, we've never been slaves of anything or anyone. (laughs) Jesus smiles. Maybe he chuckled. He's like, really? They're like, no, no, we don't need to be free. He says... Very truly, instead of reading them their history, their national history, he reads them their personal history. Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And they're like, wait, I thought, why are we talking about sin? Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. In other words, what he's saying is this, do you, do you ever do what you ought not do? Yeah. And then you regret doing what you did? Yeah. Then you get upset with you because you did something you knew you shouldn't do? Yeah. And you say to yourself, I can't believe I did that. Yeah, well, who made you did that? And why did you did that again? And why have you been doing that? I mean, what's wrong with you? It sounds like you're a slave to me. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, there's that. And Jesus is going, that's my point. You have deceived yourself into thinking you are far more free than you actually are because you hide behind your excuses. And Jesus says that I'm the light of the world and I'm inviting you I'm not gonna force you. I'm inviting you to bigger and better way of living. Then after a couple of comments about his unique relationship to the father, he concludes this way, he says this. So talking about himself, if you follow me, if you embrace my teaching and you allow me to set you free, if the son sets you free, If you allow me to light up the lies you've believed, you will be free indeed. You will actually be free. You will be free to recognize your paper walls for what they are. And you will be free to move forward in life to the life that God has called you to live. Because following Jesus will make your life better and following Jesus will make you better at life because he's the light of the world and he's come to light up all of our personal darkness. And here's the thing, whether you believe Jesus is the son of God or not, following Jesus will make your life better and he will light up your life. It's true. In fact, every single first century person, every single person in the first century that chose to follow Jesus, they did not believe he was the son of God and they followed him anywhere, anyway. In fact, everybody who followed Jesus, this is so interesting, everybody who followed Jesus, when he was arrested, they unfollowed. Unfollow, not doing that, nope, Going. on, gotta go. The, the, the gospels tell us, they write it into the story, they write themselves in as cowards, that when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Eden, the followers were not like, oh my goodness, no, we're following. No, they weren't following, they were fleeing. Unfollow, out of here. Nobody chose to follow Jesus as the son of God until after the resurrection. The invitation to you today, regardless of where you are on the spectrum of faith, would you lean in and would you choose to follow Jesus? And he's gonna lead you to the freedom to where you can acknowledge your fear and your insecurity. You'll be free to see what the people around you wish you could see that you genuinely can't. See, and most importantly, you will be free, and I will be free to engage. See, here's the problem: we talked about this the first week. Our excuses, our excuses, excuse us from engaging with others. Another other way of saying that is this: paper walls make you small. Paper walls give you excuses. In fact, they, paper walls excuse you from loving other people as well. Let me prove this to you. Again, let's just turn it around and look at it from a different perspective. This is so important. Isn't it true that the people who hurt you, isn't it true that the person who mistreated you Isn't it true that the person who lied to you, who left you, who abandoned you, isn't it true to the the, the person that stole your idea? Isn't it true of the person that stole that opportunity? Isn't it true that every single person who has ever hurt you or mistreated you? Isn't it true that every single one of them had a reason for what they did? Yeah. Every single one of them manufactured an excuse for what they did. Every single one of them, none of them said, I have no idea why I treated you that way. I have no idea. No, they all had a reason and they couldn't see it. Their paper walls resulted in you being mistreated. And one of the most frustrating things in your life, perhaps that you've had to carry, is that they never saw it. So they never apologized and they never owned it. And the reason they never owned it, and the reason they never came clean with you, is they really genuinely can't see it because they've created a paper wall and they've lived behind it and they've defended the way they've mistreated you or mistreated your husband or wife or one of your children. So here's the question. You wanna be like that? Do you wanna be like that? Do you want there to be people in the world who have been so hurt by you, and when it comes to mind, you're like, well, of course I did that, of course I said that, of course I responded that way, of course I lost my temper, of course I took that, of course, of course, of course, and they're locked down because you can't see. And this is why this is such a big deal for everyone, but it is a really, really big deal for any of us who say that we're Jesus followers and claim Jesus as their savior. Because we may unintentionally hurt people because of our paper walls, because paper walls make you small, they make you self-centered, they make you self, they make you preoccupied with what's yours, what you, what's owed to you, how you feel, how they are, how something makes you feel. They enslave us to our self-centeredness. You paid when they did that to you. You don't want anybody else to pay because you're unwilling to see. Here, here's something that should scare you into activity. If you, if, you, if you can't see that you're wrong, you'll be wrong your entire life if you can't see, why can't she see? Why can't he see? If only he could see, if only she could see, come on back to you. If you can't see, if you are unable, if you never get to the place where you can see what you currently can't see, where you there's, if you never get to the place where something lights up the lie that you've believed about yourself or the inaccuracy, you could be wrong your entire life, which means you could excuse your whole life away. You could excuse that bad habit away, your health away, your family away, your, your peace away. You could excuse your faith away. But there's a better way. Jesus said, I'm the better way. I am the way. I am the truth. And that's why I am the life. In fact, in the first century, you know this, they called it the way because Jesus invites us out of darkness into the light. I am the light of the world, he said. Whoever follows me, follows me. Gets up every day and says, yes, where are we going? What are we doing? What do we need to change? Who do I need to call? Who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to, who do I need to contact? I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you know what, you know what this looks like? It looks like this. I see what's wrong with him, but I'm gonna begin by looking in the mirror to see what's wrong with me. I see the speck in her eye. Hmm, I wonder if there's a log in mine. I am not gonna be cause my way through this. I'm gonna ask Jesus to expose what needs to change in me. I'm gonna begin with me. I'm not gonna hide behind, but look what she did and look what he did. Did you hear what she said? Did you hear what he said? I am excused from any kind of character. I am excused from being like Jesus in this situation. Jesus says, follow me. We're going through. Do you know what it looks like? It looks like forgive. You have a thousand reasons not to forgive. You have a thousand reasons to hang on to your anger. Jesus says, come on, we are going through. You are not gonna sit back here and suffer because of the bitterness that eats you up from the inside. Follow me, we're going through. As I forgave you, you forgive them. Let's go. I'm not gonna call him, oh, yes, you are. No, 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 it was his fault, I know, but you're gonna initiate reconciliation. No, no, I'm not, oh, yes, you are, follow me. Because see, I am the Savior who came into the world, a sin-filled world, to initiate reconciliation with a rebel race. This is what I do. And if you're gonna follow me, then we are gonna initiate reconciliation even though it was their fault. And you're gonna be free. And you're gonna admit you're really afraid and you're gonna admit you're really insecure. And that's okay. It'll be terrifying and you'll be free. Isn't that how you want to live? Isn't that how we all want to live? Doesn't that make the world a better place? Following Jesus, not believing in, not respecting, not admiring. Again, Jesus has all the admirers he needs. You want to change the world? You want to a, make a dent? Then you follow and you allow him to light up your life. And it's horrifying, terrifying, liberating. You know, on the other side of all this mess, you're a better person and you're in a better position to make the world a better place. So one more time. Is it possible you're missing out because you've walled yourself in? Is it possible? Come on, dads. Is it possible you started shutting your kids out, your wife out? Moms, is it possible you started shutting him out? And you know what? If I were to ask you, why do you do that? Why do you say that? You got a thousand reasons. But maybe they're just excuses. And maybe it's time to move beyond that. So here's Jesus' invitation. It's so powerful. And again, regardless of where you think Jesus falls on, the God, not God, Savior spectrum. I mean, again, he invited all kinds of people, extended this invitation to all kinds of people. It's the starting place. If you hold... To my teaching, then you really are my disciple. And you're gonna know the truth whether you like it or not. I'm taking you there. And it'll be terrifying and it'll be uncomfortable, and you'll have to have some conversations you never imagined having. And on the other side of them, you will be free. Follow Jesus, and you'll be free to see. You'll be free to be the husband, the father, the employer, employee, the son, the daughter grandparent, the citizen that God's called you and set you up to be. Now, if all that sounds like preacher talk, you know, I get it. Uh, you're not alone. When Jesus, this is amazing. When Jesus wrapped up this whole conversation, they picked up stones to stone him. Because we get used to this don't we? Because I don't want to forgive. And I, I don't want to focus on what's in my eye. I want to focus on what's in hers and hers. And I don't want to love them. And I don't want to have to serve them. I, you know what? Let's just stone the light of the world so I can remain safely, comfortably in the dark. I love this. They picked up stones to stone him and he slipped away only to return another day to give his life away because he's the light and the life of the world. Is it possible that you're missing out because you've walled yourself in? Is it possible, just possible that you are disguising excuses as reasons? And are you willing to admit what you've come to suspect that they are just Paper walls, every time you tell your story, the people who tell your story go, oh yeah, you're justified, but there's something in you. It's like, I think there's something more. I don't know when we begin lying to ourselves, but we all do it. Jesus invites you, invites all of us to leave our fact-free excuses behind and to face up to and embrace the terrifying but liberating truth about ourselves, our interior lives, our attitudes, our fears, our insecurities, our past. And he says, if you will allow me to set you free, I love this, you will be free indeed. You know what that means? That means no matter what anybody else does to you and regardless of how anybody else treats you, they will never force you to live behind paper walls because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And we will pick it up right there next week as we conclude the series, Paper Walls, Moving Beyond the Excuses That Hold You Back. Before we go, three quick questions. Number one, and these, I would love for you to keep the conversation going around lunch or dinner or with your small group or with whoever you're watching with. Have you ever caught yourself lying to yourself? What enabled you or forced you to see the lie for what it was? If you've been through the process once, maybe there's something you can learn there. Then I want to skip down to the third one. Would you be willing to commit John 8:12 to memory this week? Just put it on a card, on your dashboard, on your mirror somewhere. Would you be willing to commit this verse to, to, to memory? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And to begin to pray that, heavenly father, you your son is the light of the world. I want that kind of light in my life. As you know, we are fond of saying around here that following Jesus will make your life better and make you better at life. If following Jesus results in us pushing through our paper walls and leaving our excuses behind, then following him will certainly make our life better and make our life better almost immediately. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thanks for the privilege of just talking about these things freely. Thanks for the reminder for some of us. It just reminds us of a season of our life where we were so walled in and you set us free. And every time we see those lyrics in a song, it's emotional for us because we remember what it was like before. Father, for the man or woman who's sitting here wrestling with, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe, would you, would you do what I can't do, no sermon can do? Would you just... Open the eyes of their heart and give them the courage to say, I want to follow. I want to follow. Regardless of what it means, I I want to follow. And Father, would you raise up around us and in our midst and in our city and our nation, not fewer admirers, but more followers of Jesus, the light of the world. We pray all of that in Jesus' name. Amen.